Maybe. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Bros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my good friend in the golf sicko himself, Mr. Jonathan Teal. Jay Teal, how are we doing this afternoon, bud? Keith, what a weekend we've had in the world of golf. A lot of exciting stuff going on. I'm uh, a little bit winded, to tell you the truth. We have between Spieth, between Saudi Arabia... Uh, lovely views in Saudi. Um, personal golf over the last uh, several days knocked out a lot of that, despite the the conditions. So I'm I'm feeling good. A little bit winded. Uh, did did stay up past my bedtime to catch the end of the Super Bowl. And you might say, well, that ended by nine o'clock. And I said, yes. Well, I go to bed very early. Nonetheless, I'm ready to rock on this uh, rare Monday edition of the. Uh, you're still out podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, that Super Bowl was over with about 7.30, I think. So the, well, uh, the Chiefs did not show up. Uh, and, of course, I, I lost a bunch of money on that. So I would say Mahomes is uh, going to be quickly heading out to Pebble to play in the Pro-Am, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, uh, yeah, Pro-Am without the Am, right? So, But uh, got so much to talk about, as you alluded to there, Jay Till. Uh, but before we get into it, my friend, as always, we got to show some love to our favorite sports bar, and, of course, that is Chalk Sports Bar. So, again, everybody knows Chalk, right? Chisholm Creek Plaza, 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben Chad and the guys on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. And remember, uh, this is what this starting the third week, I think, third of week. our uh, uh, Eat More Chalk, Play More Golf giveaway. And essentially, uh, JT, you you want to take it this this time, or you want me to kind of kind of give the no, listeners? No, I fired out there. Our, it's very okay. simple, guys. You get out there, and I will say. This particular week, you're going to get a little bit of a pass on with the weather. I almost should, I should have called Ben and said, hey, if anybody brings a scorecard in and can verify that they played this week, can they just get a free meal because oh, they yeah. earned it? But from now until March 31st, again, through March 31st, you play around to golf, you take your scorecard into chalk, go to the 19th hole, folks, you're going to get half off your burger or sandwich just for bringing in your scorecard. If... You write YSO or You're Still Out Pod. Make some reference to the podcast. Show them you're a listener. They're going to put you in a drawing for a table for four on Master Sunday, which includes $200 in chalk credit. That will take care of you on Master Sunday. It'll take care of the, I can tell you, what's going to be energy expended cheering on. Just, I mean, the field is deep this year. The Masters obviously has a, a limited field. But the limited field is deep because we got a lot of guys playing really good golf. Uh, clearly, the guy who played well this weekend is going to make a run at Augusta. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But play some golf, take in your scorecard for that sandwich or burger discount, and get entered to the Masters giveaway. Two months from today, February 8th, will be the next edition of the Masters, and we cannot wait. It'll be here before we know it. Now, I, I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship and some strategy this week, Jay Till. There's not going to be a lot of people out playing golf, as you mentioned. You can get out there and you, you can get those numbers up, bro. Pump those entries. Yeah, Nine hole rounds count. No get need, out there. No need for rookie numbers. You got to get those numbers up, right? Get the numbers so. up. Get your weight up. Eat chalk. Play golf. Let's go, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well Jay Till, let's get into it. And, and we have to start off with some controversy from this past week, Jay Till. And, and you know, kind of a, a, a serious moment here, ladies and gentlemen. We had, we talked so much about it over the last few weeks, right, leading up to uh, the Waste Management Open. That was when we were going to debut or premiere this uh, this little ga- uh, DraftKings uh, game that we like to call the YSO Dirty Birdies. And there was there were some problems, JTL. I think it's probably fair to say that. There was. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we want to apologize to our listeners out there with regards to kind of what took place there. But we also wanted you to hear it directly uh, from the horse's mouth, as they say, right? Well, yes, we want to apologize. We, we pumped this up. We wanted folks to get engaged. We had folks get engaged, and we were, were willing, uh, as the podcast host, to, to fall on the sword. Uh, it's under the YSO umbrella, but no, Scooter Gerse is too gracious and too humble and too much of a gentleman, just like his idol, Patrick Reed, to duck it. And so he insisted 
on sending in a personal apology, which I believe we have queued up. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Many of you in the sports pros are my friends. Many of you listening to this pod know me. Many of you have cheered for me or worked with me or supported me, and now every one of you has good reason to be critical of me. I want to say to each of you simply and directly, I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. I know people want to find out how I could be so selfish and so foolish. So people foolish. want to know how I have done these things to the You're Still Out community. Click the box. And while I've always tried to be a private person, there are some things that I want to say. Keith, JT, and I have started the process of discussing the damage caused by my behavior. As they pointed out to me, my real apology to the community will not come in form of words. It will come from the behavior and commitment over time. Actions speak louder than words. I'm also aware of the pain my behavior has caused to those of you listening at home. I have let you down. My, be- my behavior has caused considerable worry to my <laughs> business partners. in between. But still, I know I've se- severely disappointed all of you. I have made you question who I am and how I have done these things that I have did. I am embarrassed that I have put you in this position. For all that I have done, I am so sorry. I have a lot to atone for. But there is one issue I really want to discuss. Some people have speculated that JT somehow hurt or attacked me on Sunday <laughs> at Lincoln Park after telling me how great his DraftKings roster would have been. It angers me that people would fabricate a story like that. JT has never hit me that night or any other night. <laughs> Just wouldn't do it. He wouldn't I knew do my it. actions were wrong, but I convinced myself that normal rules didn't apply. Paparazzi are relentless. I never thought about who I was hurting. Instead, I only thought about myself. Oh, the Twitter sphere is all over. I thought I could get away with whatever I wanted to. I felt that I had worked hard my entire life and deserved to enjoy all the temptations around me. I felt I was entitled. I was wrong. I was foolish. I don't get to play by different rules. The same boundaries that apply to everyone apply to me. Read the fine print. I brought this shame on myself. I've had a lot of time to think about what I've done. My my failures have made me look at myself in a way I've never wanted to before. It is now up to me to make amends. And that starts by never repeating the mistakes I have made. It is up to me to to start living a life of integrity and making sure the rosters tab is clicked on from here, here on forward. Some people have made up things that have never happened. People have said that I have thrown this on purpose because Patrick Reed wasn't playing in the waste management. I heard that. This is completely and utterly false. Despite the damage I have done, I still believe it is right to shield my family from the public spotlight. (laughs) They did not do these things. I did. I would like to thank my friends at Chalk and the players in the field this week for understanding why I'm making this. I heard Brooks was pretty pretty, uh, tore up about it. Pissed. I need to regain my balance and be centered so I can save the things that are most important to me, my marriage, my children, and the You're Still Out podcast. All about priorities. I do plan Not to necessarily return to DraftKings this week for redemption. In recent days, I've received thousands of emails, texts, letters, thousands. and phone calls from people expressing good, le- good wishes. To everyone who has reached out to me and my family, thank you. Your encouragement means the world to me. I want to thank the PGA Tour for a wonderful weekend of golf and allowing us to move forward from last week's mishap. Finally, there are many people in this room and listening at home who believed in me. Today, choked up there at the I want to ask you for your help. I ask you to find room in your hearts to one day believe in me again. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. The mea culpa from our man Scooter Kurtz. <laughs> Now that that may have sounded familiar uh, to our listeners out there, you you can Google some of those phrases, and I'm sure it'll, it'll pop up as the source of some of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, but the um, public is willing to forgive, <laughs> and yes, it sounds pretty similar. In fact, he must have uh, the same agent and/or publicist as Tiger Woods. It sounded um, awfully familiar because uh, if you Google Tiger Woods, you know, blue curtain apology, I would think that 
something similar pops up. So shout I, out to Scooter there. I could tell Scooter was emoting more through that audio recording Absolutely. than what Tiger did at the time of that uh, that apology. Now, obviously, tongue planted firmly in cheek with that, ladies and gentlemen. So Scooter Gersh running our our uh, YSO Dirty Birdies DraftKings uh, contest. There, we, again, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. You know, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up uh, via email to try to get in on that game. He forgot to click a button, right? And so obviously the uh, the game did not continue through, uh, and it was a boo-boo. It was a, uh, you know, I, I have often been uh, at fault for IT illiteracy in the past as well, but uh, Scott, he wanted to make it right. Well, and he did, and so very much kudos to Scott for owning his mistake. And as he said, actions are louder than words, and he has decided that he is going to go through a sensitivity program with IT folks, uh, much like an AA meeting, but for IT people, he's willing to make changes, willing to make sacrifices, and you got to admire that. Yeah, I think the uh, DraftKings IT support team is going to be a part of that as, <laughs> as well. Uh, now, that was just a, that was four minutes of the 47-minute long apology, so I, re- I had to edit that down. We cut to, that uh, down, folks. Yes, for, just for uh, the sake of brevity uh, for the case of the pod here, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, yeah, obviously, again, um, you know, Boo-boos were made on that. We'll get that rectified this week, starting with the Pebble Beach uh, Pro-Am this week, right? Absolutely. So which we'll, we'll talk about that. But, J-Till, before we talk about what's going to go down this weekend, my friend, we have to talk about what went down this past weekend out in Phoenix, uh, or Scottsdale, I should say, the TPC Scottsdale. Again, the Waste Management Open, always one of the more raucous and wild and rowdy crowds. Obviously, that was tamped down a little bit this year due to COVID. But a familiar name ends up at the top of the leaderboard, my friend, uh, Brooks Kepka. Uh, gets first win in a while, right? So obviously had some injury problems and some issues there. Goes out and shoots a 65 on Sunday to win this thing, 19 under uh, over uh, Xander Shoffley and uh, Kyung Hoon Lee, uh, who finished one stroke back in a tie for second. But your thoughts on the tournament? And uh, again, had some had some fun storylines going into Sunday, right? Yeah, Kepka's all well and good. Happy to see him playing well. That helps me out personally in more ways than you can possibly know. The story was Mr. Jordan Spieth. We could do a whole pod just on our Golden Boys resurgence. Saturday out in Scottsdale made you wind the clock back to 2016, 2017 when this guy made everything he looked at, could get out of any sort of trouble that he put himself in. It was an absolute joy to watch. Uh, I watched the uh, little eight-minute snippet that uh, the PGA Tour puts together of uh, everybody's round, and... Over and over, because watching the spots that he got out of, the putts that were going in, the chip-ins, just incredible. Uh, Jordan Spieth is a guy that, uh, you know, everybody can rally behind. And I was thinking about that over the weekend. In this day and age, having something that absolutely, I would say 99% of sports fans or just people in general can agree on is very rare. And uh, Jordan Spieth... And the, uh, the needle that he moves, uh, which we can unpack that if we want to. It's hard to really put a finger on why does he move the needle uh, when he's just, you know, seemingly kind of the average PGA Tour golfer like anybody else does. And, you know, it's got to be that he just he does it different than everybody else. It looks different. Doesn't look great. I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe it looks more like us. I don't know. What is it? Yeah, I think part of that is that he was so young whenever he burst onto the scene. And then, you know, he's kind of been out there lost in the forest for the last few years. And now maybe it's a part of a redemption story uh, to see him kind of, you know, starting to get back in the groove. And, and again, you hope that this is foreshadowing of things to come, right? It would be awesome to see him involved in the back nine on Sunday at Augusta uh, coming up here in a couple of months. Uh, would love to see that. Given that, you know, we think back to, you know, in a, arguably that's kind of where the downfall kind of started, right? So that uh, that that one back nine where he hit it in the water a couple of times and was in contention uh, a yep. few years ago. So it would be great to see him uh, kind of come back and play well there. But uh, yeah, it's a great story. Great story. It was fun. It was supercharged the world of golf over the weekend. It's something that actually got people thinking about something besides the Super Bowl, which uh, is very very difficult to do. Uh, the biggest Chiefs fan that I know actually said, hey, I'm going to watch golf on Sunday because of Jordan Spieth being in contention. So that probably tells you all you need to know. And, you know, I was kind of trying to workshop this take and another podcast that will go unnamed kind of beat me to it. Uh, you know, we record ours uh, a little bit later in the week, but uh, won't even give credit where credit is due because this was an original idea. So it must have been, you know, telepath, telepathy, telepathy. Yeah, either way. We'll get back to that. Tele- Phil Mickelson. Think about Phil Mickelson for a second. People love Phil 
because he hits it all over the place. Always seems to get out of trouble. He's rolling in long putts, getting the crowd pumped up. Sounds just like Jordan Spieth. Has a lot of flair, doesn't do it the same way as everybody else does. Yet Phil, at least in his prime, fairly polarizing figure. A lot lot of folks didn't like him. But I think they're basically the same kind of player and then it doesn't look good. It looks kind of funky all over the place. The big difference with Spieth is like he's Phil Mickelson, almost like a likable Phil Mickelson. And I think that if he'll start playing better again, that comparison will come into play more and more. Um, just kind of a somebody who has some, a lot of humility, a lot of wider scale likability, where Phil you know, d- doesn't have that. Maybe he does now because he's almost like a bit, and it seems a little bit more like, performance arts. Yeah, Phil's kind of self-aware of him to a certain degree. He's he's kind of leaning into it. Uh, But Spieth as Mickelson is an interesting thing uh, that kind of hit me when I was thinking about why do people like this guy so much? And I just really believe that he makes golf fun to watch. And alongside that, he has a a likable personality. Uh, You know, he kind of talks to himself on the golf course. He's like hating himself one minute, loving himself the next. A lot of fun. And so definitely the story of the weekend and that is, again, with Brooks Kepka winning, uh, who is obviously a generational uh, prolific winner out on tour, or should I say of majors. He actually now has the same amount of PGA Tour wins as he does majors, which is crazy to think about. So, yeah, let's go to Brooks, and let's go to Brooks by saying kudos to you, my friend, of having him in your pick'em, and uh, would have had him in your lineup had uh, that not imploded. Um, shout out, Scooter. <laughs> Talk us through uh, Brooks and his weekend and how he got it done out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, played for four rounds in the 60s, right, which obviously is going to put you in contention whenever you do that. I think he had a couple Eagles uh, on the weekend as well, but uh, really kind of highlighted, you know, by by the weekend play, right, a 66 on Saturday and a 65 on Sunday, which I believe was the second lowest score on Sunday. I think uh, uh, Carlos Ortiz actually shot a 64 to uh, to get up there within two strokes, and he finished tied for fourth at 17 well, don't, under. Don't forget Rory with the Sunday 64 when it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was going to gloss over that because uh, you know your theory, right, about the Rory on Sundays. Now again, he was he was well back. He plays great on Sundays when it doesn't matter. That's true. That's true. So, uh, but uh, yeah, some really fun golf. Some good golf was being played uh, on Sunday, uh, as you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, I mean Brooks Kapka again, almost you know, emotional, really, kind of in, in the post-game kind of re-interviews and recaps there, you know, talking about, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears to kind of get back and coming back from those injuries and, you know, really, you know, struggled uh, there for you know, a little over a year, I guess, before he kind of got back into the groove. And uh, it was great to see it, right? Because I think he is, you know, a fun guy to watch play. I don't know that he has the same, you know, the, the personality to kind of make him a super likable golfer, as you were kind of talking about with uh, with Jordan Spieth, you know, maybe a little more, uh, uh, kind of closed off there, but whenever we do get to see that personality, he's always doing kind of funny, you know, Instagram pictures with the uh, the model girlfriend and all this other crazy stuff. So yep. I think that's there. He just doesn't show it as much outwardly. And so I thought it was interesting to see a little bit of emotion from him on Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that Brooks is somebody who has kind of put off this "I'm too cool for school" persona about golf, and I'm an athlete, not a golfer, all that stuff. I think when he started winning a lot. You know, everybody loves a winner, so people started gravitating to him a little more. He's been out of the spotlight for the better part of a year, as you mentioned. A little bit crazy that at this, basically this time last year, I think it would have been uh, late January 2020, he was actually the number one ranked golfer in the world. That's right, yeah. Which is kind of interesting that uh, he seems somewhat forgotten, um, if you will. But he uh, comes off of three straight miscuts to win a PGA Tour event. So, got to give it up to our man Brooks, getting it done. Smelled blood in the water there on the back nine and uh, took a bite out of several guys, uh, one of which uh, we say he's going to win every week, and he doesn't win every week. Keith, take us to your man. Yeah, your boy, the X Man, Xander Shoffley. You know, once again, sleeps on a fifty-four hole lead Saturday night, uh, and just doesn't play well on Sunday. Right, he shoots a seventy-one, so it, that's not a terrible score, but nowhere near uh, the type of performance that he needed uh, to be in contention. To, or I guess not, not to be. Not to not be in contention, that's not the right way to say it, but but to win this thing, right? So he goes out and shoots a 68, then he wins this thing pretty comfortably, right? So we're not asking him to go out and shoot a 61 or a 62 or some sort of incredible score. You Just go, go out one, and play you good go golf. One, you go one under 
if you shoot one under par on a golf course that has a stretch of holes at the end that is, you know, short par five, drivable par yeah, four, short par three, short par four, yep. and he shoots even when one under would have got him in a playoff. Tough scene. Yep, absolutely. We'll talk about another golfer who seems to kind of fall into that mode here a little bit moment, or, or, or a little bit at the moment, but uh, uh, as to how he uh, did over in Saudi Arabia a little bit later in the pod. But you know, a, another neat storyline that came out of this, JT, and I know something that you've, you've got some thoughts on, but Steve Stricker. I mean, how about that? So Man. 17 under, a tie for fourth. Again, another guy that shot four rounds in the 60s. You know, we think about uh, Stricker coming up for the Ryder Cup, you know, later this uh, uh, summer Captaining. in September, right? Captaining that. But, you know, I, I kind of made a joke on the big board, still alive and playing great golf. Who knew? Uh, if he wouldn't have been captaining the Ryder Cup, I literally might have thought Steve passed away in some sort of tragic uh, old age accident. But apparently he is still playing, uh, playing competitively. And on last week's pod, previewing the waste management, we did say that it's not a golf course that favors any one particular golfer. And that kind of uh, led to some of the picks that we made. Well, took it to a whole new level this weekend, because when it can favor a guy like Steve Stricker, you know that it's a really level playing field at TPC Scottsdale. So I was impressed with Steve and at playing with Brooks Kepka, I mean, yeah. two, talk about two totally different dudes. Different ends of the spectrum God. of their career there, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, I will say that uh, that Scooter bailed me out here because our man Butterball from the uh, uh, CFF uh, uh, Commissioner's Corner fame and then also the Fantasy Professionals fame, you know, kind of our uh, fantasy football expert, he is in on the Dirty Birdies and kind of playing along with the DraftKings with us as well. And he said, man, I, I think I'm going to pick Steve Stricker because he had a different salary, you know, whatever the salary. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's stupid. Don't pick him. That's a terrible pick. And then I'll be damned. Uh, he would have uh, uh, been, a, been a good scorer for uh, Butter had uh, had the uh, we not had the IT snafu there with regards to uh, to the DraftKings setup. So again, Scooter bailed me out uh, in that regard. So thanks for Follow him on the sword there, uh, uh, Scott. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to get your thoughts. You know, J.T., you know, we alluded to it earlier. Let, let's go uh, across the pond or maybe, I guess maybe even halfway across the world, right? Uh, the Saudi International. Some guy named Dustin Johnson won this thing. Have you ever heard of him? I believe I have. I think that uh, on a day when Dustin Johnson, the number one golfer in the world, wins a golf tournament and he's like the fifth or sixth thing we talk about, in a podcast, you would say that uh, it was a fairly good weekend for golf. Uh, and a little bit of that has to do with it's a Euro Tour event over in Saudi Arabia. Um, but nonetheless, does what the man does. Just goes out there and clinically, I did, no surprise, get up early on Sunday and catch the final, I think, three or four holes. And when we had some others that uh, I would say won't be named, but we're about to name them, uh, kind of gagging it around the last two or three holes, DJ just steps up, hits it on down the fairway, hits it on the green, two-putting, making pars, uh, closing. Yeah, just very, very clinical, very similar to what we saw at the Masters. Going to be tough not to pick him in every single tournament he tees it up in. I'm sure the odds, in fact, I know the odds, are saying the same thing. So I don't know what other superlatives we can put on uh, Mr. Dustin Johnson, but he is uh, its like he never went away because he is back with the vengeance, taking home the crown out in Saudi. Uh, impressive stuff. Not much more to say. Yeah, a uh, big purse there for him, but I imagine probably a big appearance fee as well, right? So we talked about in the past maybe uh, alluring some of these big American stars over there for some of these special events uh, in the Middle East. Yeah. I, I would assume that he probably got a pretty good paycheck. Absolutely got a great paycheck. And I, and I will say, I said there's nothing else to be said about DJ. Let me, let me amend that a, a bit. Much like Tiger, and I can't remember who this quote is attributed to from a, another podcast that I listened to, but another PGA Tour professional, Hal Sutton, I believe is who I heard say this, that the most impressive thing about Tiger is that he maintained his drive, his want to, his motivation, his showing up for every tournament just like it was the last one he'd ever play in, despite the millions and millions and millions of dollars. I think DJ is now in that category, not in terms of as good as Tiger. Don't come at me, folks. I'm talking about when there is no monetary incentive really to show up anywhere, 
and he still just goes out, plays his game, wants to win just as bad, even though he might not show it under that cool exterior. Very interesting comp there, not to Tiger in terms of the skill or the proliferation of wins necessarily, but in that how do you keep going when you're the best in your generation, which I think we would say DJ is, arguably. So it's something that's kind of interesting there. I just kind of thought of here on the spot that uh, kudos to him for taking the money. Could have just dialed it in, missed the cut, got back early over here to tee it up at Pebble, which is one of his favorite tracks. But no, let's go out, take care of business. No big deal. Dust the shoulders off. Bring home a trophy. Yeah, and a couple other notable uh, American golfers that that played over in Saudi this weekend. Obviously, uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, tied for 18th at eight under. Kevin Na is a guy that uh, you remember won on tour uh, what a couple weeks ago, yeah, right? So uh, seven under at uh, tied for 21st. But you know the guy that finished tied for second along with Justin Rose, two strokes back of DJ at 13 under. Uh, Big Utah Tony Finau. I know you've got some thoughts here. Again, we alluded to it earlier, kind of in that same mold as Xander Shoffley right now. Plays great on days one, two, and three, and then something happens on Sunday, man. What, what's going on there? You know, it's it's hard to beat a guy up for consistently beating the uh, you know 145 of yeah. the 150 golfers that tee it up every week. Yet, you know, when it comes time to make a move, when it comes time to put it into another gear, you know, Tony Finau, 17, terrible three putt. Tony Finau has a Reachable par five to finish, needs an eagle, uh, you know, fluffs it out to the right. Um, just doing things that, you know, it's time to step up and do it. Time to step up and, and have that moment. Yet, again, T2, 13 under, obviously cashes the check. Um, but there's just, you just, you, a guy with that amount of talent passes the eye test, right? You kind of look at this guy, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is an elite, athletic, you know, looks good in a uniform, as yeah. some of the college coaches, uh, football coaches would say. Yet, you got a guy like Jordan Spieth, again, going through some struggles lately, but a good example of he looks like, you know, he's he's the guy that's playing the club championship. He's getting the most out of what uh, he brings to the table. So disappointing, again, for Tony. Now, again, you lose to the only person you beat, got beat by is the number one golfer in the world. I'm not going to beat you up. But damn it, Tony, let's get it done. I want it for you. Yeah, let's go. He, and again, he's an easy guy to root for. You want to see, yeah, uh, see good things. By all for accounts, him. So, right? Another guy that's easy to root for, your guy, Victor Hovland. Uh, get, make, you know, he makes special mention. Tied for sixth uh, at 11 under. He played well, Oklahoma State's own, right? So he, uh, he Vic he Hovland, well you know, game travels well. Tyrell Hatton, Lord Hatton, as we like to call him. They both tied 11 under, had a great week. So, man, I am. I, I sent this out to our group thread. I am excited. Golf of 2021, it's going to be a sweepstakes, man. This next few weeks, this next uh, few months of majors, man, I just every week is going to be a fun, fun week. We have a deep, deep roster of elite-level talent. Going to be exciting and uh, had a good amount of it over in Saudi. And, uh, so basically dual deserts is what we were working with this weekend. And uh, boy, did it not disappoint absolutely i agree it was a it was a great sunday of golf uh from an entertainment and watching great great opportunity to be inside watching golf as well because the weather was kind of poopy as well here in oklahoma city but let's jump into the yso grab bag jt so there's been a lot of back and forth and i've seen you out on twitter kind of get into a little bit of uh you know not spats per se but uh uh good good hearted uh feisty debates Regarding this recent announcement by the USGA and the RNA about, you know, potentially this this concept of bifurcation, right? Different rules for the elite players. And most of this dials into the, or, or really kind of boils down to, I should say, their ability to hit the ball so incredibly far with the equipment and technology that, um, you know, the, the golf manufacturers, golf club manufacturers come out with on a near annual basis now. You know, what's all this fuss about? You know, your thoughts on it and, and maybe, you know, defend your position. Because I know what your position is, but I want to give you an opportunity to kind of defend your position. Well, it, it is interesting that you, that you phrase it that way, defend my position. Ultimately, I believe this particular topic is just something else to argue about, which Thank God for it. You know, provides great content for things like podcasts. But I do think it's just one more thing to argue about. Kind of the antithesis of Jordan Spieth. Like, we can all agree Jordan Spieth playing well is good for the game. We all want to see it. Easy to root for. Agreed. This is just a divisive issue that, uh, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, nobody really cares. 
other than the equipment manufacturers who will sell more golf clubs by this marketing strategy of play what the pros play, right? That's why they're against it, uh, bifurcation that is, because if you can't play what the pros play, well, that kind of defeats that marketing angle, sell less clubs. Now, a savvy business would say, well, maybe it's an opportunity, right? Now we can actually show you to up to the limits of the law, forget the law. Like we're going to sell you some stuff that can really get it out there. We got to sell this other stuff or give this other stuff really to the PGA Tour guys. Nonetheless, I mean, my position really uh, is, is certainly evolving as we continue to talk about it. Mostly I just like to stir up the, uh, Stir up the poop. <laughs> You've been doing a little uh, bit of that as, this uh, week, yeah. I, I really don't care. So for anybody who does care, like just don't please come at me because it's fun. But just know when I come back at you that I do not give a rip about this because it's not going to affect my day to day life whatsoever, right? The putter is the most important club in the bag. We all know that. Actually, a, a guest that we're going to have on later in the week oh, yeah. would allude she to agrees. that. So a little she agrees. Super tease right there. But my stance on it really comes back around to. You know, the driver going less straight and not as far makes for more interesting and entertaining golf. I mean, this weekend, why was Jordan Spieth interesting? He was hitting in the desert, and then he was getting up and down from the desert. He was hitting in the desert, and he was hitting amazing recovery shots from the desert. It wasn't because, oh, my gosh, he just hits 350-yard drive after 300. Like, all that just gets lost in the noise. Right? It's not entertaining after you see one. In fact, if you see a lot, it's kind of like a home run in baseball. If they're going out of the ballpark three times a night, is it really that special It's not anymore? as big a deal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much uh, my take on it. I think that uh, you know when it, comes to, when it comes down to it, golf courses um, need to be made more interesting in the ball being rolled back, the driver in particular being rolled back, I believe will make it to where other golf courses can be used, and even the existing golf courses that are used will be made more interesting. So uh, we'll, we'll probably have a comment on this week after week after week after week. Uh, but ultimately, um, you know, we need to see the driver be reined in mostly so that we can bring in courses that we don't get to see and uh, kind of just ultimately I think it makes golf more interesting because I think it's already happened, but eventually the ball going far will be like, eh, the ball goes far. Who cares? Whereas you can never get enough of recovery shots, chip-ins, that sort of thing. So that's my take. Continuing to workshop it. Come at me, folks. I don't care. I would love to uh, give you my address, and we can talk about it over a, over a big friendly. Absolutely. At Jonathan Teal. Uh, get at him. Get those rebuttals coming in, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of you have already been doing that, and we appreciate the interaction in that regard. So, well, well, J. Teal, I want to take you down to, I believe it's South Carolina, right? Uh, the the Jones Cup, Ocean Forest. Um, you know, we, we kind of this, this snuck up on us, really, to be honest with you, last week, right? So you had sent some tweets out there. We were kind of talking about it. Three uh, uh, OU men's golfers were actually in competition this weekend. Uh, Quade Cummins uh, actually finishes, uh, I think, a tied for 35th. Uh, tough course. Um, okay, so I think I said uh, South Carolina. I think it's actually right there on the border in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Sea Island, I think yep. is yeah, yeah. Okay, apologies for that. But um, you know, really kind of a, a neat event, and again, really kind of one of those that snuck up on us. Uh, certainly, given the fact that we had some local ties, we had we had, we had three OU guys Gee, down there. There's too much. I tweeted it out. There's there's too much for us to keep up with. Now that we've gotten down the rabbit hole of golf and certainly amateur golf. We just can't keep up with it all. It's awesome. It's so awesome to have so many golf topics to talk about and to turn other people onto it. That's one of the funnest things. A couple of guys that I've talked about, uh, talked with, excuse me, over the past few weeks that have said, I didn't even know that existed. Or, man, I really had a good time watching that. Or, hey, who's that guy? Really cool. And the Jones Cup would fit the bill there. Um, plus, it's kind of fun. You know, there's always something you want to. It's always fun to check up on something throughout the day and uh, being able to refresh a leaderboard, you know, much like uh, it feels like we're in 1950 where the only way to learn anything is like uh, Googling it on the internet. Mm -hmm. Just like this, this weekend, Jones Cup, you mentioned it. We had three OU guys that were in the field. Um, Quade Cummins, Garrett Rebrand, and Jonathan Brightwell. That's correct. 
And uh, Quaid, I believe, had the best finish of the crew, finished tied for 35th at nine over par through three rounds. And you might say, well, man, he didn't play very well. Well, the winning score for the three-day event, or the three-round of it, I should say, was only two under par. Um, They must have rolled back the drivers, and that's why the scoring was a little (laughs) bit lower, uh, clearly. Uh, Only other two guys under par were Cole Hammer from the University of Texas, Davis Thompson out of the University of Georgia, just up the road in Athens. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, excuse me, three golfers. Yeah, Alice Um, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, who is the younger brother of Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's out on the PGA and Euro Tours. Uh, But the winner, uh, Ludwig Aberg, Ludwig Aberg from Sweden. Uh, we love a Scandinavian pipeline a little bit, you know, a little bit uh, next door neighbors with our with our guys in Norway that were the oh, most. Oklahoma State let this guy get up. away. So. I mean, maybe maybe he's a high school guy. He's signed to a letter of intent. Who can tell? We're going to do the research, folks. We're going to find out about Ludwig Aberg, L.A., as he'll affectionately be called. But kind of cool, cool event. Uh, Ocean Forest Course there in Sea Island. Uh, sea Island, just a plethora of golf courses, a place that definitely flies under the radar as a destination, maybe a lot of them private. But uh, a guy that I actually wanted to highlight is somebody most of our listeners have never heard of, Stuart Hagestad, Stewie Hags. For anybody who is deep in the wormhole, you're going to know about this guy because he is like the amateur golfer dream. Hang with me for a second, folks. 29 years old, about to turn 30 on April 10th. He had a nice college career at USC, decided not to go pro and live the grind that a lot of them tell us it is out on the PGA Tour, could be debatable, decides to instead kind of go into the family business, yet play all these high-level amateur events, which actually go to better, more exclusive golf courses than the PGA Tour does was a uh, semi, excuse me, made it to the quarters of the U.S. Amateur at Bandon Dunes. Again, as a 29-year-old, when a lot of these guys are high school in their prime, this guy's basically a part-time golfer. Uh, but he has a nice finish uh, this week out in Sea Island, tied for 11th at three over par, including getting under par on the final day with a 71. So Stewie Hags is somebody to uh, we're gonna. I'll try to remember to keep you up to date on what the amateur events look like. I mean, I think the guy played in the Walker Cup as like you know an insurance salesman, which is just amazing. <laughs> uh, don't quote me on insurance salesman. I'm not sure if that's what he does. It, it sounds like this well. this guy needs to have a movie made about him. That's what I'm. I, mean, what I'm I would love I would love to play the role of Stuart Haggis. That I'm too short and too terrible of a golfer. But other than that, I feel like I could do a great job. Uh, outside of that, you you match them perfectly, uh, Jay Till. So, well, well, you know, again, uh, the Jones Cup again, just a, a, another example of the the great amateur golf events that oftentimes kind of slip under the radar. It almost slipped by us. Uh, so, kudos to you for catching it and uh, and giving us a, a few moments to talk about it here on the pod uh, post mortem. So, uh, well, let's go to uh, our fairway files uh, this week, Jay Till. You mentioned it. You were crazy enough to still get out there and play this week. So, I I was not. Uh, the the weather is definitely a little too cold, a little too windy, and, uh, and even a little bit uh, too much precip today for me. But, you know, talk to, the, talk to us about your week. Uh, you've got a note on here. You said indoor 18. I, I want to hear, I want to know about that, bud. Well, believe it or not, I, be- I thought the weather was going to even chase me inside uh, for the weekend. And I'm very excited. And this, uh, hopefully this doesn't turn off some of our listeners, because I know a lot of our listeners, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of a divisive topic, but I'm very excited that my wife, Sarah, is getting into golf. I think we're, we're far enough into it that I'm not going to jinx good, it. Good picks from the, the trip down to Florida. She yeah. has committed, like, unimaginably, I, I would never have thought that this would happen, to uh, trying to learn to play golf during 2021. Just a, just a year-long commitment. Let's see where we're at at the end of the year. She's been practicing uh, we've been going to the range for kind of a range session date every week. And knowing the weather was going to be tough and wouldn't be able to do that, we actually found Indoor 18, which is a golf simulator studio. It has three golf sims where you can pull up a variety of golf courses, kind of hit into the screen. Very accurate in terms of uh, if you hit the ball into the screen, it's going to tell you, 
how far it carried. It's going to be very accurate in terms of the way that the ball would have been spinning, etc. Had a delightful time on Saturday morning. Uh, played nine holes at Sweeten's Cove in Tennessee, and then uh, went and had a little bit of uh, brunch after. But just thought I'd give them a shout-out. We try not to do too many free ads, but when we see something that we like and we enjoyed and it's golf-related, had to bring it up. And so, uh, you know, possibly a podcast guest in the future. But I, I would push you guys up there. Obviously, maybe not everybody, well, clearly not everybody is as crazy as me to get out there and play in the conditions we had this weekend. Um, so get inside, play some courses that you know, maybe you're never going to get to play and have a great time doing it. But then, very unexpected golf on Saturday afternoon. I must have built a lot of goodwill with that Saturday morning date. Sarah going to pick up the kids. I said, hey, you know, you, you can handle that by yourself, right? Like, no, no, you know, that, that doesn't <laughs> require me to, to, to go make that trip. Let me sneak out to Lake Hefner at the the weather actually seemed pretty decent from noon to two on Saturday. Temperature-wise, it wasn't Temperature awful yet. The cold front bad. hadn't got here yet. The, yeah. the, the sun was a little bit of a peak, low winds. Let me get out to Hefner, join up with a group of guys that are already on the fifth or sixth hole. It's going to be great, right? Uh, I don't need 18 holes to have a great time. Give me nine, give me 12, give me however many I can play. I'm a happy camper. We get through three holes, and I'm telling you, like, have you seen, what's the movie with Wahlberg where, like, it's a fishing movie in the boat, uh, Perfect Storm? Perfect Storm, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, off of Lake Hefner, three holes, or at least three holes in for me, I think it was on a hole nine, a gale came in that would make Lieutenant Dan crap in his pants, okay? <laughs> this was serious <laughs> It's a different business. movie, different movie. <laughs> well, there's a lot of movies out there, okay? Uh, we'll fix it in post. It was an epic afternoon of golf because it got colder and colder and colder and windier and windier and windier got to give a shout out to my man brent christie tough loss last night big chiefs fan but he birdies 18 i wasn't playing in the match so i could root for whoever i wanted to birdies 18 to close out the match they're playing two amazing shots a little bit of an aided north wind it was tough out there tough conditions as tiger would say but we had a great time. We're gonna be, those are the rounds you talk about for years to come. You don't talk about it. It's 75, sunny. You know, you forget those rounds. It's much like it's like Jordan Spieth, you know, versus, you know, unfortunately, probably Brooks Kepka. So Brit- British Open conditions. British Open conditions. At Lake Hefner. Lake Hefner. So I gotta I gotta give the love not only to Brent, but our man Nolo, many times mentioned on the pod. Jay Hop was in the group, and this guy t- the original Slender Man, he had to be freezing his, he has zero meat on the bone, so he had to be chilled to an absolute, I mean, you know, marble slabbed kind of meat out there. And then our man B.A., Brent Alcorn, who knows, he probably shot 65 with no big deal. Hard to keep up with that many birdies, but it was a fun afternoon. And then that was just a bonus golf. Normal Sunday afternoon game at Lincoln. World order was restored with me taking Mark Marion and Scooter Gers to the cleaners. After a couple taking taking it on the chins for mention, I mentioned those just as much as I mentioned the wins, folks. You know, I'm an open book. That's that's where the alleged altercation between you and Scooter Gers took place, apparently as well, right? That the Scooter vehemently denied and that apology earlier. You know, I don't know where these rumors come from, oh, but uh, nasty it's rumors. malicious. It's wrong, and uh, you know, frankly, I think people should be held to account for these uh, misleading, salacious rumors. Well, Jake, too, a couple other items before we kind of move on and talk about and preview the, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am coming up this weekend. But uh, a couple items up here that, that I know you want to give a shout-out to and talk to the listeners about a little bit, but I'll, I'll tee you up and you fire away here, bud. Eskimo Open, February 20th, out at Lake Hefner. Eskimo, for the obvious reasons, golf, February, Oklahoma. The bigger thing here is based on your handicap, you only get one two, three, or four clubs to use during this tournament. It's going to be a very cool thing. The biggest downside, and this shocked me, Keith, you actually have to go to Lake Hefner to register in person, which is, you know, we mentioned 1950s once on this pod. I mean, are we kidding? 2021, you can't make a phone call. You can't get on the web. I'm sure there's a little bit about wanting to get folks out there and kind of seeing what's what's in the pro shop or something along those lines, right? Well, so I'm not nonetheless, too much if about you that. happen to be going by Lake Hefner, 
Sign up. It looks like a fun time. It lo- actually, based on the next couple of weeks' forecast, it will be the. It's a fun Open. format, at least. Yeah, Very fun like format. I'm going to be in there at a uh, at least at this point a five in the five to nine handicap range. So I will get two golf clubs on that day. So something to look forward to. And then um, actually getting out of town to some warmer weather over the next week and getting to play a little place called Winter Park Nine. Uh, again, Winter Park Nine in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, a course that's been featured on various social media fronts right in the middle of a little vacation town called Winter Park. I'll report back on that next week. But uh, the winter golf is hot and heavy, even if it's cold outside, folks. That's going to be fun. We can't wait to uh, to hear about that, Jay Till, and look forward to uh, you sharing those stories uh, from the fairway files uh, in the weeks to come, bud. So, well, we're well, moving on. You know, we've been doing, uh, I guess, over the last what three weeks, four weeks, Jay Till, uh, kind of doing previews with regards to the the golf programs here in state, right? So, OU, OSU. Uh, both men's and women's kind of you know previewing their golf schedules for the spring here between February, March, April, and then on into the uh, uh, NCAA championships and regionals there in May. We didn't want to talk about it until we had a few of these in the can, and so obviously we do now. But we're super excited that later on this week we'll be releasing some special interview pods with Oklahoma State men's head golf coach Alan Bratton. We're going to have OU men's head coach Ryan Hibble, and then also the OU women's head golf coach Veronique Druin Luttrell. Uh, but super excited to have them on as guest of the YSO pod. And, and man, they were they were fun interviews, right? So that, that was a lot of fun. Gracious with their time, witty with the banter. You just never know what you're going to get from uh, really, frankly, anybody who comes on as a guest um, because it's a little bit tedious, but certainly from folks who have a lot of obligations, a lot of other things going on, could not have been more of a pleasure to talk to. I think the listeners are really going to enjoy their individual personalities, their individual stories, uh, their backgrounds in golf, and then obviously previewing their squad who they pour so much time and effort into. And so, yes, we are deeming the next week college golf preview week here in Oklahoma on the YSO pod. And uh, yeah, we're going to have some college golf to report on starting on Valentine's day uh, with a, when a couple of the squads make their, I guess not season debuts in some cases, season debuts. OSU's already got one in the can, but uh, very excited to release those later this week. And I think people are going to enjoy it, Keith. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Just, just as you mentioned, listening to their stories. And again, they were super gracious with their time. And we kind of teed them up with a few questions, and they just ran on, ran with it. So it was uh, super enjoyable, and, and I do think everyone will get a kick out of that. Look for that later in the week uh, and over the weekend into the Valentine's Day weekend. So, well, well, Jay Till, let's get to it, bud. So let's preview the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but without the AM. Right, so one of the the COVID nuances that we're still having to deal with, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no amateurs uh, in the event this year. Again, obviously, we know Pebble Beach, uh, the, the the one of the most iconic golf courses in the country. But you know, set the scene for us, Jay Till, uh, out there in California, a course that you've actually been to before, I believe. You know, defending champ. Nick Taylor, Canadian golfer there. I kind of had to do some Google research on him to kind of get some uh, background on him uh, from a defending champ standpoint. But, you know, it's still a pretty good field, right? So there's some big-name stars going to be playing this weekend. Yeah, solid field. Generally, it's not a great field because of the aforementioned amateurs. I mean, we're talking like six, six-and-a-half-hour rounds of golf. It's something that a lot of the pros do not look forward to doing because of that. Typically, it's over three different golf courses, a lot of logistical problems. And so it's how much PGA Tour pros don't want to do what they don't want to do because a place like Pebble Beach is a place that every golfer uh, really, really aspires to play at and certainly enjoys that particular course. And so, uh, yes, a little bit stronger feel with some late additions when the AM cancellation was announced. You're absolutely right. One of the most iconic courses in the world. I did have the pleasure of walking Pebble Beach uh, summer 2019 when the U.S. Open was there. Very uh, serendipitous. Had a literal day hole in a schedule where I was going to a couple YMCA's out there to, to do some training for folks and uh, smack dab in the middle of that was an open day, the Thursday of the U.S. Open. So I 
Got up early, went and checked it out, and it did not disappoint because as Robert Louis Stevenson referred to it, it is the greatest meeting of land and sea in the entire world. So uh, certainly for the views and the walk, you're not going to beat it. You mentioned Nick Taylor. I'm sure if we had polled 100 people and said who won this event last year, zero would have said Nick Taylor. Even fewer, well, I guess you can't get less than zero, Nobody. It's theoretically possible. Theoretically. Negative one people would have known that he is actually a world champion in Mario Kart. So we'll see if he can back it up. or We'll see where he's been spending most of his time based on his finish this weekend. Challenge him at Tech Mobile. I bet I'd kick his ass at Tech Mobile. Yeah, too. I bet he, you know, it's, he's probably a one-trick pony. But uh, I'm going to go out on a very sturdy limb and say Nick Taylor is not going to repeat. We'll get to our picks <laughs> in just a minute. Bold, bold statement there, bud. Uh, only over two courses. Um, this weekend, Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill, typically uh, Monterey Country Club, yep. um, is the third course, at least over the last several years. So it'll be fun uh, well, without the AMs, unfortunately, but you'll still get the great views of Pebble Beach. Uh, some drone coverage was um, introduced last year by CBS. Hopefully they keep that up. But not the same vibe, still a great field, and the views will be spectacular. Hopefully we get sunny weather so we can enjoy some of those views. It has a tendency to be a little doom and gloom from a weather standpoint out there, but uh, hopefully not this week. We'll get to enjoy some great golf. It's obviously going to be cold as heck this entire weekend, so this will be a great weekend to sit in and watch some golf. Absolutely. And, and along those same lines, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, it's going to come out tomorrow, I believe, but uh, Scooter Gers, our man, uh, and Chad Ford will be kind of coming out with their little quick hitter, you know, YSO Dirty Birds, kind of previewing their picks from a, a, a daily fantasy sports uh, standpoint uh, and making their picks for the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So be sure to check them out as well. And then be sure to to log in, play the game. And again, we're, we're going to make sure that we get it right this time. <laughs> we're going to make sure we click all the boxes. We're going to make sure we, you know, dot all the I's, you know, cross all the T's. We're going to post that link on our website, fantasysportspros.com. We're going to tweet the link out. Obviously, those of you who know us personally, if one of those 30 ways that we post it doesn't resonate with you, just shoot us a text. We'll get that out to you. Um, would love to have you join us and engage with us. Thanks to those of you who did that last week. We, uh, I'm not going to say we promised because I'm not going to promise something the scoo- scooter could screw up. Test run. Uh, but I feel very confident that it will work and work well, and uh, we'll have a great time doing it. But for those who don't want to participate in that, let's get into just the regular old pick segment. Let's do you it, for it? Absolutely, bud. So you fire away. You, me go first. You go first. How are we going to do it this week? I, I mean, I, you I had I won, the winner right? yeah. on your squad. Okay. Brooks Kepka was your top 10 lock, I believe. He won the golf tournament. I believe that gives you deference on starting us off with our dark horses. Again, reminder, 100 to 1 odds or worse to win the tournament would qualify them as a dark horse. Who you got? My dark horse is going to be Charlie Hoffman, right on the number at 100 to 1 plus 10,000. Uh, again, I, I think a guy that, uh, you know, he used to have the long hair, right? So that's what everybody kind of remembered him the for, dude. the dude, right? So he kind of had that mentality. We're out in Cali this week up there and, uh, in, in, you know, in and around the Pebble Beach area. I think he's going to play well. And again, at a dark horse at 100 to 1, he's a guy that's won tournaments in the past as well. So I'm going to go with Charlie Hoffman as my dark horse. I think he's going to play well this weekend. I would agree. He uh, had a couple of back-to-back WDs, but did actually finish a golf tournament last week in Phoenix, so that bodes well for him. Probably is what's lessening his odds a little bit, so probably some value there. I'm going Mav McNeely. That's Maverick McNeely for the name drop fans out there. I'll drop another name on you. That would be Scott McNeely. That's his dad. He co-founded Sun Microsystems, recently acquired by Oracle. Maybe you've heard of those two companies. So old Mav didn't have to worry about much in his upbringing. Probably has played Pebble Beach more than you and I have played Lincoln. So I'm going to say he's going to have a very high finish this week. Plus 100, right on the number. Dark Horse, Mav McNeely, also dating Daniel Kang. Maybe he'll get a little bump from her play. You know what I'm talking about? All right, I'm going to go with my cut maker next, if you don't mind. Fire away, bud. A guy affectionately referred to as HV3, Harold Varner III. Uh, He's a Jordan athlete, which I think is very cool to see the the old Jordan brand out there on tour. You don't get that much. Plus 6,500. He's actually quietly had a really good start to the calendar year. Uh, made a couple cuts. I think he's going to continue that. Uh, I think the not having the AMs out there will help him a little bit. 
fly under the radar, have a nice week out in Monterey. A good pick there, and uh, from a timing standpoint, too, I think MJ, Michael Jordan's birthday's coming up here next week as well, right? So maybe the models uh, H- are HV3. all pointing to HV3. To great, have a great, uh, great, great birthday gift for MJ there. So, well, my cut maker this week at 70 to 1, Brant Snedeker. A guy that actually, surprisingly, has the 72-hole record in this tournament at 265. So, uh, set that back in 2015. Has played well here in this tournament over the past years. Not a guy that's been, you know, up around the top of leaderboards here over the last year or two. But, uh, you know, a guy that does have some good game whenever he gets things rolling in that regard. And so, familiar place. A place that he's played well uh, in the past at 70-1. to I like some value there. My cut maker, Brant Snedeker. So, uh, alternating shot here. I'm going to go my top tenner. Uh, Jay Till, and I'm going to go with the handsome Molinari brother, Francesco Molinari, at 29 to 1. So we've talked about him a couple of times here uh, over the last few weeks on the pod, Jay Till. His game is starting to come back around. Had a top 10 a couple of weeks ago. He actually set out this week, I believe, in the waste management. And so I'm hoping that he got up uh, to uh, Pebble Beach early, maybe played a practice round or two, getting the vibes, getting the feel uh, there for, uh, for Northern California, and he's going to be ready to play. And I think that uh, this, this course sets up well for his game so give me Molinari at 29 to 1 as my top tenner love that pick coming off back to back top tens and playing a golf course as you just said that is shorter by PGA Tour standards small greens he's a great ball striker love that pick wouldn't be surprised at all to see him challenge for the win Willie Z I'm gonna keep riding with him and why wouldn't you because this guy is just out there making it rain as somebody who technically doesn't even have full PGA Tour membership yet, out there on a special temporary based on his earnings from the previous year. We got him at 27 to 1. So everybody's starting to sniff what old Willie Z is floating out there. He's the, a fifth or sixth highest favorite, surprisingly. He's, uh, he's starting to get uh, not so good odds when it comes to value, but you just can't ignore the man's consistency. He's playing great. I'm sure he's going to be excited to play Pebble Beach for his first time. Give me Willie Z, 27 to 1, top 10 lock. Well, who's going to win this thing, J2? Well, you know, how can I not? How can I not? And I'm sure that our, our man 2G can and will give us the term for somebody who regularly picks the favorite. In other words, doesn't go out on any sort of limb. Dustin Johnson. I mean, unfortunately for, for the odds uh, lovers out there, not great. Um, I mean, really, it's like a, pay per- for it's, it's a percentage deal, right? 3.8 to 1. <laughs> Plus 380, Dustin Johnson. You know, I was going to put him in my top 10 lock. I felt too scummy about that because, of course, he's going to make the top 10. I'm going all in. DJ to win. We're just going to keep the streak going. I don't think the man is going to finish outside of the top 10 all year long. Bold statement of the Ooh. year right there. DJ wins at Pebble. He's won there multiple times. Why wouldn't he do it this week? We're recording this, right? You know, people people are going to be able to check the, check the receipts on that. So I uh, stand by my performance. Okay. Now, we were talking right before the pod began when we were kind of making our picks to kind of go on here. I mean, DJ's not quite there yet. But a couple more wins, J. Till, and you might have to lay money to get him in a tournament, man. He's not far from it. Uh, such is the uh, level of dominance that uh, he has shown over the last year or so. But my winner this week, a little bit better odds or longer odds, I should say, and understandably so compared to DJ. But everyone knows I've got a man crush on, on Paul Casey, right? So I've picked him uh, in, in several of my teams, whether it be to win the tournament or whether it be the top 10 or cut maker here over the last few months, right? He had a good showing overseas. At at the Saudi International this past week. Might be a little jet lag coming over uh, to California, so we'll see how that works out. But uh, um, I would expect him to play well, continue that streak of hot hot form. And at 25-1, to 1, uh, I like the value you're getting there. I think he's the fourth overall favorite uh, whenever you stack up the odds right now. But I'm going to go with Paul Casey as my winner at 25-1. And to this one. is going to be a litmus test to see if you and he are friends because when you don't pick him, plays well actually won a tournament when you do pick him he starts well and he fades this is going to be a referendum on keith needham paul casey partnership i would love to see it happen 
for for the for your for your relationship. Don't break my heart, Paul. So I'm putting a lot of trust in you, brother. So don't break my heart. Great picks this week. Those are good. This is a good good field. I love. Yeah, it. and obviously the the Pebble Beach. We we think about watching that one on TV each and every year. And again, a little bit different feel without the you know the Bill Murrays of the world and some of the uh, the famous stars, the Steph Currys and those guys and gals that we're used to seeing from an amateur status on Thursday and Friday. But uh, we'll be watching it nevertheless, right? Well, the upside is really and truthfully, maybe we'll see more golf being played from the actual pros. Maybe we'll see more of those great shots. And again, it it, it will be a little disappointing because this is the if this was the only pro-am of the year, then definitely it would be a disappointment. Right. Hopefully later in the year we'll get some more of that happening, and uh, it's going to be a good weekend at Pebble, no doubt. Absolutely, bud. Well, we're up against the hour mark here, JT. So I think we're going to wrap it up before our listeners out there. How can they get at you, man? So you threw threw a lot of drops out of Matt. We got the uh, uh, obviously the the chalk giveaway. We we've got uh, you know your thoughts for rebuttals on this whole distance thing, uh, Eskimo Open, all this other crazy stuff, man. How can our listeners get at you, bud? At Jonathan Teal on Twitter, Jonathan W Teal on Instagram. I would say Instagram will probably be a little bit lively over the next week based on some things we're going to get to do. At Jonathan Teal is definitely where the hot takes and the hot replies are going to happen. Love to engage with people out there. It's a lot of fun. That's what social media was made for. For fun, folks. Not Don't for take it so anguish. Yeah. For fun. We're having fun out there. Let's do it. Can't wait to interact with you. At Jonathan Teal on Twitter. Absolutely, brother. Well, again, I appreciate you being in studio with me on this cold, dreary afternoon here in Oklahoma City uh, and look forward to doing it again next week, bud. So, Same here, buddy. And while this will wrap it up for this episode, ladies and gentlemen, remember that the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. Stay warm. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk.